Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 58 of the People Powered Business Podcast. I hope you're doing well and are having a great week. Whatever you're up to, I hope it's been a busy and productive week and day for you. And thanks for joining me here on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Um, For those new to the podcast, welcome. If this is your first episode, very warm welcome to you. And for our returning listeners, thank you so much for joining in and for your positive feedback. Some of you have been emailing me, letting me know what you've been enjoying. So thank you. I truly, truly do appreciate that. Now, on today's episode of the podcast, we are diving into part three of what has been a three-part series, really all about the lessons I've learned having just celebrated 15 years in business. 15 years is a long time. Any of you who have been in business that long or are striving towards that, it is quite the marathon and one that I'm only halfway through yet, I hope. so. Um, but I have learned a lot in the last 15 years and things that I guess a non-traditional business lessons, not things that you can learn at uni or in a textbook or in a book or sometimes even by listening to a podcast, but things that I have learned through experience, through trial and error, and really in, in the line of work that I'm in from observing and watching what works in business and what are the common threads, the common denominators that I tend to see. So in part one, we looked at the lessons in leadership, the things that I've learned in the last 15 years about great leadership. I think it's a skill that we all should be constantly striving to develop. It's such a critical part of business leadership. And if we're not naturally gifted leaders, we we really need to work on that. And even when we do have some sense of what it takes to be a leader, we can always learn more, can't we? From those around us, sometimes we see people in action and we think, wow, It's so impressive to see them communicating that way or how they manage to get that point across or how they're running that project as a leader Um, and by seeing the results of those people as well. So I think it's a constant journey of learning, the leadership one, and that's what we spoke about back in episode uh, 56, which is the first of this three-part series. 
And then in last week's episode, episode number 57, I shared with you the lessons I've learned about building talented, triumphant, and amazing teams because you you can't have a successful business that delivers you both success by however you measure that. For most of you, it's probably profitability. That tends to be a common denominator that also gives you any sense of lifestyle freedom without a team. You can absolutely have a super successful business by all those usual metrics and not have a team. Of course you can. Many of you might be doing that, but there's no sense of freedom. And if you haven't already experienced that and you're in the trenches, you will realize that at some point. It took me a little while to realize that. I shared the story that I, uh, when I started my business, my mantra Quite literally, I would have had it because I'm a very visual person. I would have had it on the wall in front of me. I always have my theme for the year on the wall in front of me, always there to remind me what I'm striving towards. And my mantra when I first started my business back in 2006 was build the empire, or building the empire. And, and no doubt in my mind, I was 100% committed and focused to build, 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 build. And we did. I built the business, we used, you know, on average, we were increasing um, profitability and revenue by 30% plus year on year for the first eight, eight or so years of the business. I was building the team. I hired my first employee in the first month or two of having the business and we were building, building, building. And at one point that, that model I realized was non-sustainable because it was too heavily reliant on me still. And throw in a financial crisis and a few other bits and pieces, I decided it was time for a change. And the most sensible thing I could do at that time in terms of being a provider for my family, being a primary income owner, was to tear down the empire quite literally, and I did, over a period of time and go all in doing all the work myself again till I figured out how I really wanted to build this business in a more sustainable way. But during that period where I was the one doing all the things, the business was incredibly successful. It was more profitable than it had ever been. It was perfect in terms of being able to provide financially for my family and give us some financial freedom. It was also a model that allowed enough financial freedom coming in for my now husband to be able to step back from his very high-pressure corporate job to spend more time with his children, who were very young at the time. It was a model that worked by lots of measures, but it was not sustainable. I knew that going in, but it took me a couple of years of just head down, powering through all the work to realize just how unsustainable it was and to realize how much of a lack of freedom we had with that model. In fact, on the day of our wedding, whilst we were overseas with all four of our children, I was working. Yeah, that's not (laughs) not an ideal scenario. But when you're the only one that's generating the income, That's the reality, right? So I know that model and it can work for a period of time, but it's not long-term and it's not sustainable. So last week's episode was all about how to build the right teams, not a team of greats, which is what I had built previously, but a team that was going to deliver you business success and financial and lifestyle freedom. And that's a lesson that took me a long time, despite feeling quite talented in terms of building teams. I've been doing it since I was a kid, but it took me a long time to really work out the magic source as to how to make that happen well. So if you haven't listened to that and you're keen to listen, head back to the last episode. And today's lesson is going off track from the leadership and team stuff that I usually chat about. This is talking directly to you as the business owner, the entrepreneur, the leader of all the things. Today's episode is the lessons I've learned about 
the juggle. I want to call it the art of the juggle, but I'm not even sure that's an accurate way to put it. But really learning to juggle. Because let's face it, if you've been in the same boat where you're running your own business and you're building it, you're doing all the things, there is nothing else to describe it other than a juggle. It's the juggle of doing all the things in your business and on your business, but it's also the juggle of actually having a life where other people expect you to turn up and be present with them in a way that works. So these are the lessons that I, look, I think these are the lessons I've learned that perhaps I underestimated myself that I thought, this is not going to be a problem, surely. Um, Things I didn't understand. What I know now though, is it's not just me. I see entrepreneurs like you, business owners, successful and savvy people do these things every day because we're in amongst it and we're doing whatever it takes to survive and flourish in our businesses. And until you have to take stock or you realize some of these things, you just keep going a thousand miles an hour. Sometimes until you hit burnout, which I did in, well, I've I've probably hit close to that a couple of times, let's be honest, and we all do. And that's totally okay. Like to say that you're not going to ever hit burnout and you run a business, come on, for real, you will hit whether it's like total catastrophic burnout or some form of exhaustion, you're going to feel that way and you probably should, in fairness, if you really care about it enough. So I'm not saying it's never going to happen. It's just knowing how to, I guess, see the warning signs coming, but I see these things happen all the time. These sometimes have been hard lessons to learn because we think we're invincible. (laughs) Are you resonating with this? Are you you that person? I've got this. No problems because that's certainly been me. Now, I'm going to give you a little pre-warning here that if you've got the kids with you, you might want to get the little beep sound out because there may or may not be a little bit of swearing. (laughs) That's the kind of lessons we're talking about here. So these are the lessons about the juggle, the juggle not only of the business world, the juggle of having a business and a life, the juggle of being a mum, a parent, a partner, a sister, a friend, all of those things because your life doesn't stop just because you have a business and the reality is the rest of your life doesn't care about your business nearly as much as you do. That's probably the stark reality you need to hear first. So here here they are. Here are the five lessons um, I've learned on the art of the journey of the juggle in the last 15 years. The first one, work-life balance is total bullshit. I'm not kidding. My theory is – I have not researched this. My theory is this was a term, a concept made up by someone who wanted to make a lot of money from getting people to strive towards something that is complete BS because it's not real. The sooner you drop the concept of trying to have this euphoric work-life balance where everything's perfectly in harmony all the time, the better you are going to feel because it's bullshit. It's total, total bullshit. So to whoever made that term up, I hope you're doing financially fabulously <laughs> because I, I, it's just a term that's around as an industry term that just makes people feel awful and think that they need to invest in things and invest in themselves to, cre- to reach something that isn't true. It doesn't exist. So the sooner you stop trying towards, trying to strive towards it, the better you're going to feel. Here's the reality. When you're in business, sometimes the business is your priority. And family and friends 
and your partner, possibly even your health, not that I encourage that one, come a very distant second. And sometimes when you're in business, your family come first and the business comes a very distant second. And it's okay. It's totally, totally fine that that is the case because that's what you need to do in that moment. Now, I've I've been in both of these situations. It took me a long time to say it's okay that my family needs to come first right now. Both of my daughters, not just the eldest, but both of my daughters didn't go from hospital to home when they were born. They went from hospital to the office because mum had to run payroll for her staff and this was in the days before everything was online and programs like Zero existed. I had to actually go in and log into a server and it needed to be done or the team weren't going to get paid. Do I feel guilty about that? No, they were only sleeping. I know many of you are probably shaking your head thinking, oh my God, this woman is crazy. But really, they were only sleeping anyway. It was a stop into the office. We got some things done. The staff swooned over the new little gorgeous babies and all was well. It is okay that that happens. I know a previous staff member of mine always recalls, and we laugh about it all the time, my eldest daughter sitting on my desk in, she calls it a papoose, but basically a little baby carrier. Because again, this was in the day and age of needing to log into a server to get certain things done. So even, you know, whilst I could work from home to a limited extent, I couldn't do most of my things from home, so I had to be in the office. She was tiny. She was only sleeping most of the day anyway. But, you know, once they were toddlers, that was a whole different ball game, clearly. But we just popped her on the desk and there she sat. So it's a total bullshit concept and I want you to stop trying to strive towards it. There'll also be times when your family or your friends or your partner or your health comes first and the business comes second. And that doesn't mean you stop every piece of business activity, obviously, but it might mean that you lean into your team a little more. It might mean that you're doing a little less to push the business forward right at that time because perhaps you need to take care of an elderly parent. Perhaps your partner needs assistance with something they're doing. Perhaps your kids are sick or just need you around. I know when my eldest started high school, I certainly booked myself out of having meetings for a couple of weeks so I could make sure that I was doing enough in the business, but I was also there to make sure that she was settled in and I don't feel guilty about that at all. So I'll jump off my soapbox now for lesson number one, and that is that work-life balance is total bullshit. Okay, let's have a look at lesson number two. No one cares about how tough it is. So get yourself some people around you who get you. Now, what I mean by this is your family, your friends, uh, your partner, unless they're an entrepreneurial type too, they don't get it. They're not going to get it. You'll beat your head against a brick wall trying to get them to get it. They don't understand all the million plates you've got spinning and how your head's about to fall off from spinning around. They don't care how stressful it is being the one having to make all the decisions and worry whether you're making the right decisions. They And, and the side problem here is that you are probably brilliant at making this look effortless. You're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Because as an entrepreneur, you tend to take these things in your stride. You're like the duck paddling frantically underwater, looking calm and serene above the water. So they can't see the internalization of what's going on in your brain. This is particularly true if you are an introverted entrepreneur. 
because our thoughts stay in our head. <laughs> and I'm speaking to myself here as well. Where if you're more of an extroverted entrepreneur, then you more likely will verbalize exactly what's going on. But the people in your life who are not part of your entrepreneurial journey don't get it and stop trying to expect them to. Instead, surround yourself with people who are like you and get it. And I'm not saying ditch your friends or ditch your family, obviously. I'm saying get some new people on board so that you can share the frustration, you know, brainstorm, get all the sort of support and advice you need from them. And then you can just be worried about being present as a good family member or friend or partner or parent with everyone else in your life. Now, this could be all different types of things for you. Some people love to go to those networking events where they have lunch together once a month. They are my worst nightmare. I absolutely hate them. But I know people that go there to chat to other, just to be social, (laughs) which is totally cool, people that just get them and understand them. I'm part of a lot of online networks, one that I've been a part of for yeah, almost as long as about the business, I think, is is called Her Business. And it's a membership um, network for women business owners who are looking to scale and grow their business. The people in that network are on the same journey. They're the people I can go to when there is a challenge or there is a win to celebrate or to really lean in and support each other. And there's lots and lots of different ways you can do this. It could be a little group. I know lots of people get together with a small group every, um, you know, maybe week, fortnightly, monthly, just to have those people to go to. So get those people around you. It'll save your family, it'll save your marriage, and it'll save your sanity as well is my advice there. Lesson number three is something I talk about a lot. You would have probably done a whole podcast episode on this. It is really one of my core values now, but it, it did take me a while to get here. And that is that self-care is not selfish. As entrepreneurs, and particularly those of us who are also parents, we are typically last priority in our lives. We look after everyone and everything else ahead of ourselves. But the reality is this, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot be the best leader, be the best business manager, be the best family member, partner, friend that you can be if you are depleted and you're not taking care of yourself. It took me a long time, a long, long time to realize this. I was, I want to say it was about almost 10 years ago. So it was some years into my business journey, but this is something I've probably carried way beyond that. And I was doing these things. I was absolutely putting myself last over everything and everyone else. The staff were always well looked after. My clients were exceptionally well looked after. I was running around putting out fires with any family dramas that was going on. I was the go-to person if there was anything anyone in the family needed done or needed help with. I was uh, a mum, so I was obviously putting my kids first and foremost. I I was doing all of those things. I was doing all the housework. I was doing it all but I was not looking after myself. And when I say not looking after myself, self-care can look different for everybody. So you've got to find your thing. My thing might not be your thing. And I thought I had it all under control. I was totally, you know, on top of it. I was smooth sailing. I was handling everything with ease until one day, one of my team members basically tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you're being a pain in the ass to be around. It was probably exactly those words, to be fair. And 
obviously my jaw dropped and I was totally offended in the moment, but really once I thought about it, I listened and then I spoke to you know the other team members as well and I spoke to some other people and some friends and I was not looking after myself, which meant that I wasn't present as much as I should be and needed to be. And when I was present, I was, you know, short-tempered. I wasn't really listening. I was just busy doing all the busy stuff. And because I had no bandwidth internally, I was exhausted but wasn't prepared to admit it. I was not doing anything for myself. So I was just constantly in give, give, give mode. And that is going to take its toll on anybody. The sooner you prioritize your own self-care and figure out what that means to you and what that needs to look like, the better you're going to be in every aspect of your life, including in your business. Every single highly successful, inspirational leader that I have witnessed in small business, in big business, anywhere, when I've really looked at this in the last 20 years, they prioritize self-care. For some of them, it's a morning routine. For some of them, it's meditation. For others, it's exercise. Of course, good diets usually in the mix as well. And for many of them, it's a mixture of all of those things. It actually doesn't matter what it is, but it's got to fill your cup. And for me, it is exercise because it's something I grew up doing. I was a dancer from the age of four. I always, always was moving and doing things physically. And I'd stopped. Yes, I'd go for a walk, you know, most of the time. And I wasn't really challenging myself and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't enough. And at that time when this staff member tapped me on the shoulder, I was also going through a very difficult time personally. And I decided, what could I do? What could I do that was going to be easily accessible, that was going to, you know, just just for me, not for anybody else in my life? And I took up running. I could not run (laughs) at all, probably a few hundred meters tops at that time. And for me, it was about that's an activity that I can do. I'm not relying on anyone else. I don't have to get to a class. I don't have to be at a certain time. I can do it when I can. And it's only for me. It was for the purpose of no one else. And over the last, you know, 10 years or so that I've been on this self-care journey, my self-care model now looks quite different. Still involves running, but, but it's a much more complex thing. But just start with one thing, one thing to help fill you up. You are going to be so much better of a business person, a leader, a manager, and a human being by taking the time for yourself. Self-care is not selfish. Lesson number four probably follows on a little bit from that, and that is to stop being a martyr. What I mean by that is, well, there's a few things I mean by that. Often, as the go-to business owner who's got it all together, and is doing all the things, and has totally got this under control, we're not very good at saying we need help or accepting help. (laughs) Let me know if that's you. No, 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 that's fine. I've got it. Oh, no, I can handle that. No problems at all. Stop it. Get help when you need it or when you want it, and accept it graciously. Get a cleaner. Get a gardener. Get help with the kids. Get Whoever you need in your life, get someone in the business if that's where the gap is. Stop being a martyr and pretending like you can and should and have to do it all yourself. I shared here on the podcast before that one of my favorite things to do in the mornings is to check my Facebook memories, right? And 
usually it's to see photos of the kids like one popped up the other day from only four years ago and they feel like they're like giant now in comparison they're like double the size that's what happens when they turn into teenagers but that's what I you know I like to look at but what I see a lot in my Facebook memories especially from that period of time before I understood this whole self-care thing was things like nothing like a bit of business planning at 9 30 on a Monday night with a photo of my lounge room wall covered in you know huge pieces of paper with business planning or just jumped into the office to uh, catch up on some things on a Saturday it was like a badge of honor it's ridiculous why should I be proud to be working ridiculous hours that's not a good sustainable business model so I think the sooner we stop thinking that we need to pretend like or, or actually be like we're working 24-7 in order to appear successful to other people, that's not success. Success is having a really profitable, well-run business that also allows you to work, work four days a week or to take a holiday when you want to take a holiday or to be there for your kids' sporting activities. So get the help, accept the help graciously, stop trying to pretend you need to do it all yourself. <laughs> That's lesson number four. And the last lesson, lesson number five, probably underpins all of the things we've spoken about today, and that is drop the guilt. The mum guilt, the dad guilt, the parent guilt, the sister guilt, the brother guilt, the boss guilt. We spend our time constantly guilty that we're not giving enough to someone or doing enough for something in the business or present enough for someone in our life. Most of you who are parents will know this, and this is, we, we hear mum guilt a lot, but honestly, it's dad guilt as well. And I know just as many men who are business owners or working in really senior roles in the workplace who have this guilt that they're missing out because they have to be at work. But the reality is you don't have to be anywhere. You get to make that choice as to what's important to you right now. Now, will you never feel guilty? Of course, you're going to miss things at various times. You will feel guilty, but drop the unnecessary guilt. Drop the guilt about doing something for yourself. Drop the guilt about the fact that you just don't actually feel like doing something today. There's been days where I just didn't want to manage people. <laughs> that sounds awful, but I just wanted to get some work done, to put, some, put my headphones in and listen to some music and just power through some work. That's okay. We're all allowed to have those days. There's been days where my team have just wanted to be quietly in a corner or conversely wanting to you know chatter when they know it's probably not the most productive thing to do drop the guilt about it people we're all allowed to have different energy on different days and there is so much guilt that comes with society's expectations about what we should be doing and the expectations we put on ourselves most commonly the expectations others put on us drop it all guilt brings no value to you when you're placing it on yourself unnecessarily so drop the guilt is my final lesson for you. So let's recap what we've chatted about today because I did go off on a few rants and tangents and I apologize, but you, I'm hoping you can tell it's because I'm super passionate about these things. I'm probably more passionate about these lessons because they apply to every aspect of your business and your life. And they're the hardest lessons to learn. These are not the lessons you're going to learn in a textbook or by doing a course. These are lessons you learn by living it doing it. So lesson number one was work-life balance is bullshit. Stop trying to get there. Lesson number two is no one in your life cares how tough it is to do what you're doing right now, running a business and being a human. So surround yourself with other people who get it. Find your peer group and lean into them. They will be your biggest support. 
Lesson number three is self-care is not selfish. The sooner you prioritize self-care in your life, the better for you, for your business, for your family, for everyone around you. The only person that can prioritize you is you. Lesson number four is stop being a martyr. You don't have to work a thousand hours a week to be successful and you don't have to do all the things, get the help you need, get some things off your plate. And lesson number five, drop the guilt. You don't need to put extra pressure on yourself by feeling guilty for not doing more all the time. It's okay. (laughs) I hope those lessons have resonated with you and, and sharing some of those things that I have not only personally struggled with but have seen others struggle with as well and really overcome, you know, and and just improve their success, their energy, and everything. So I hope you've enjoyed that, and thank you for joining me whilst I shared these lessons with you today. Now, if you haven't already, I would absolutely love it if you came and joined us over on our Facebook group, which is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. It's a fabulous community of business owners, leaders, and managers. We do not take ourselves too seriously, but we do have great chats about everything to do with building a team, managing people, all the HR stuff you have to deal with, as well as just life and business in general. So head over to Facebook group, search for HR Support for Australian Businesses, and I'll also pop the details for the link for that group in today's show notes, which you'll find over at peoplepoweredbusiness.com on episode number 58. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a wonderful week and I can't wait to speak with you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast. Mm -hmm.